I just want to uh, pray at the beginning of my talk here this morning, specifically for those at Anthem who are part of our Anthem community who are in the healthcare profession. And we have a few people who are on the front lines right now and who are uh, uh, serving uh, their friends and neighbors and perfect strangers um, who are uh, affected by COVID-19. And so I wanna ask you to pray for those of us who are part of our community who are serving in that way. So can we start this, um, this uh, time here just by praying together and asking God to be present with them. Let's pray together. Lord, we just know that uh, across our community, uh, across the Burlington, Bedford, Bill Rickett area, there are those who are um, serving those who are sick right now. And we pray, we remember specifically those who are part of the Anthem community who are, who are going out, uh, putting themselves almost in harm's way um, to serve those who are suffering right now. And we pray that you'll specifically be close to those people, be close to those people who are serving their fellow men, their brothers and sisters. And I pray for those in the Anthem community who are doing that, but also, God, we pray for those all across our city, across uh, those who are at Leahy, those who are at the local nursing homes, those who are on the military base that, that just might be serving their, their friends and neighbors in this way. So we pray that you'll be close to them. And pray that in Jesus' name today. Amen. Well, we're going to uh, 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 continue this morning, and I know it's not Easter just yet. Uh, I feel like I'm being given a, um, uh, a sign from my team here. Just keep going. Okay, we weren't sure whether we'd lost the feed there for a moment or two. But, um, oh, the camera's moved. Oh, I get it. So I'm on a different camera now. Okay, it's all making sense to me now, guys. <laughs> Sorry about that. Why don't you move that forward a bit closer at least? That's great. Oh, you can't. Okay, super. So um, I'm going to read a passage of scripture this morning that is actually describing a time that is after Easter. And we're a couple of weeks going towards Easter here uh, this morning, but we want to read a passage of scripture in John chapter 20 that is coming shortly after Easter took place. In fact, it takes place on the, on the, the Sunday night uh, after Easter. So let me read this passage of scripture. If you have a Bible and you want to turn to it, you're welcome to. It's John chapter 20, verses 19 to 22. We're doing a bit of, a, being a bit of work here to figure ourselves out, but let me read these, these verses to you. It says this, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked and for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It's an incredible passage of scripture, you know, Jesus uh, meeting with his disciples, one of the times that he met with them shortly after he was resurrected. And the scripture says right there, his response, it says in John chapter 20, verse 19, that uh, he came in and he said to them, peace be with you. And so you've got these disciples that are huddled together, that are huddled together in, uh, 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 for fear of the Jews, locked behind locked doors, and Jesus comes in among them and says, peace be with you. And, you know, for a lot of us, we're in that situation right now where we're behind locked doors, not because of fear of, of authorities or anything like that, but we are behind, in some cases, behind locked doors. And so there's some similarities right there. And Jesus comes in and his first statement to them is to bring peace. 
Jesus' response to fear is always peace. His response to fear is peace. And that's the response of the gospel, is always to bring peace. You know, you've got uh, 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 the Apostle Paul who said to us in Colossians 2, 6 and 7, he said, don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And it's almost as if God gave us, uh, God gave us an arrangement, a contract, as to what we should do in times of fear and anxiety and worry. It's almost as if we're to take our side of the contract and we're to, to pass it across the table, almost like a, a legal situation where we pass our side of the deal across the table and we say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, going to not, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fear, but I'm going to present my, uh, uh, present my prayers, my petitions with thanksgiving to God. And what does God pass back across the table? He passes back a peace that transcends all understanding, that will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And it's not something that we can completely make sense of or understand. But the Bible says that God promised, promises to bring us peace. And his gospel always brings us peace. And Jesus says right there in that passage of scripture, I know we were sort of distracted for a moment when, when I read it. So I'll read this little part again. So Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After that, after he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. Like twice. I mean, if Jesus says something once, we should listen, right? If he says it twice, it's probably pretty important. Jesus comes in again and says, peace be with you twice. Now, when I hear that phrase, I think of, I think of a, a kind of a rote phrase that might be uh, repeated in a traditional church, the sort of situation that many of us have, have kind of walked away from because we're looking for something more alive. But Jesus himself said those words, peace be with you. It's not something that's just a, a trite phrase that he offered to them. He was praying a blessing of peace over his disciples. I wonder what it would be like for us as his disciples um, to be praying over one another in times of fear, to be praying peace over one another. You know, uh, it's, it's, uh, it was in the 1300s, wasn't it, that the bubonic plague uh, took hold of Europe, and I think it was, it's a, a legend, it could be a legend, I'm not sure if it's true or not, but it said that Pope Gregory uh, was the one that said to people that they should say bless you after people sneezed, because sneezing was one of the symptoms of the bubonic plague. And so the phrase bless you after you sneeze came out of that situation, because one of the symptoms of the plague was sneezing. One of the symptoms of the situation that we're in today is fear. And we can pray a blessing of peace over people's lives as those around us, maybe sometimes ourselves, are taken by fear. Because when Jesus comes, when the gospel comes in, he always brings peace. You know, I believe that the cross of Jesus is our motivation for being the kind of followers of Christ that he's called us to be. The cross is our motivation. In John chapter 20, verse 20, it said this, after he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Jesus is there with his disciples. He's come in. They almost can't believe what they're seeing. They're seeing the resurrected Christ right in front of them. He just appeared in the room that they were in. And it says that he showed them his hands and he showed them his side. And don't, don't miss the, the intimacy of what took place here. In order for Jesus to, to lift up his robe and to show 
his followers the, the, the wounds on his side that, it, that had happened on the cross. And it, was, it says that the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Something of that reminder of the power of the cross motivated them towards God, towards what God had called them to do. The cross motivates us to be the, uh, the best version of ourselves that we can be. As uh, one pastor and author, Ed Stetzer, uh, wrote an article in USA Today just this last week, and he said this, in essence, how well we are able to love others is a direct indication of how well we know Christ and what he has done for us. At its most basic level, it means caring for others in their times of need. At times of partisanship and politicization, the gospel gives us only one condition, serve the hurting. And we're about to have a great opportunity to do just that. He goes on to describe another historical plague that hit the Roman Empire in the 4th century. Stetzer in this article says this, In one famous example, the church historian Eusebius describes a 4th century epidemic that swept through the Roman Empire. Far from fleeing the cities or shutting off their homes from others, Eusebius records all day long Christians tended to the dying and and to the burial countless numbers with whom no one to care for them. Others gathered from all parts of the city a multitude of those withered from famine and distributed bread to them all. As a result, Eusebius continues, the Christians' deeds were on everyone's lips and they glorified the God of the Christians. The cross and the work of Christ was their motivation. Now it's quite possible and likely that those Christians who were handling and helping the dying lost their lives in the process. But as followers of Christ who are learning what it is to die to ourselves, our highest uh, calling and understanding of the gospel is that if we are separated from this life, we're present with God. So we have nothing to fear. That The cross should be our motivation to to self-sacrifice like Jesus did. And you know, another thing this passage of scripture teaches me is that Jesus is always sending us that God is always in the in the process of sending his people on mission God himself by his very character is a missionary God he sent Jesus he sent the Holy Spirit and in this verse of scripture we read that Jesus said as the father sent me so I'm sending you as the father sent me into the world so I'm sending you into the world Are you feeling that sense of being sent right now? Are you recognizing that calling to be be a missionary? Could be a missionary to your neighbor. Could be a a Facebook missionary. Could be a missionary to somebody in your sphere of influence who is in desperate desperate need right now. Are you sensing that God's calling you to be a missionary into that situation? You know, for, for a week or two, for myself, I thought, biggest challenge of this situation was going to be like, how are we going to get church online? Uh, we're still figuring that out. How are we going to get our services to happen online on a Sunday morning? Honestly, that's not the challenge here. That's not the challenge that goes out to us as followers of Jesus Christ. And you know, God has placed multiple gifts, people with multiple gifts throughout the body of Christ. In Ephesians 4, um, he says that uh, God has placed apostles, prophets, Uh, shepherds, uh, evangelists, 
and teachers in the church to build the body of Christ up, to prepare God's people for works of service. And there's one that I mentioned there, that the word shepherd. You know, God, I believe right now, is going to be raising up shepherds, people who care for others, people who, who exhibit compassion in everything that they do, people who, who share the compassionate heart of Christ. You know, that word compassion, it comes from uh, two words, calm meaning with and passion meaning pain. And, you know, when we're compassionate to people, we share their pain. We, 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 we go forward with their pain. And I believe that we, this is going to be a time when we are going to learn, like we've never learned before, who the shepherds are among us, who the people are among our community. And don't assume that this is the person who we traditionally call pastor, because it's going to take everybody who has the gift of shepherd in our community to rise up. Every person who is driven by the compassion of Christ that sees a need and then finds a way to meet that need. It's going to take all of us as an Anthem community to recognize that all of us have been called to share our gifts during this time, especially those who feel like that you feel the weight of compassion upon you when you recognize other people in need. Don't see this as a time to, to sit back and watch the organized church do our work for us, because I believe it's a time for all of us to take on the mantle of what God has called us to do and be sent out, to be sent into the place where God's calling us, because we don't see this situation as being something that's about to, to be over. It seems like it's going to get worse. And it seems like it's a time when all of us need to lean in and think, how can God use me? How can God send me? And the interesting thing about when God sends is that he sends us into, into his world with, with a very different situations. Sometimes it's with, with gifts of mercy. Sometimes it's with gifts of evangelism. Sometimes it's preaching. Sometimes it's serving others. But God is going to be calling us more and more in this situation to be sent into situations. I even noticed um, uh, it was great to see our friends Matt and Courtney using their 3D printer to make surgical masks that could be used and to donate them to the hospital. Even my daughter here started making, uh, started sewing masks on her sewing machine upstairs. And so all of us in small ways can play a part in, in meeting the needs of those who are hurting. It's been great to see even in our community, people taking food to those who are on the front lines at the hospitals. Right now, we need to recognize that God has gifted each one of us in different ways. And I believe it's at a time of crisis like this that, you know, that verse that I read from the fourth century that, uh, uh, that as a result, the deeds were on everyone's lips and they glorified the God of the Christians because people saw what followers of Christ were doing during that time. You know, and then finally, I believe that God wants to tell us that his Holy Spirit is our strength. His spirit is our strength. And, uh, you know, in that verse it said, and with that he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent them out and he wasn't sending them out alone. He was sending them out and saying, receive the Holy Spirit. You know, when God sends his people out, he never sends them alone. He always sends them with himself. And when he promises to be with us, and he promises to be with us through the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, when you, go, when you go out on behalf of God, you're going out as an ambassador for Christ. In 1 Corinthians, it says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Imagine that, that we're Christ's ambassadors and, and, and Christ is making his appeal through every single one of us. 
And we've always said as a church that we want to awaken everyone around us to the life that God has for us. And I wonder how God is going to use you and I to awaken everyone around us to the life that God has for us. It may be an a time when you have to reach out to somebody in their darkest moment. It may be at a time when you, you have to reach out to somebody when, when they're in need or they're in need of prayer. It may be that there's an op opportunities are coming for you to share the gospel, for you to share the message of Jesus with people who need it in a way that they have never needed it before. And God is going to give us those opportunities in the coming days. You know, we're facing a, a tragedy right now that's impacting the world. The greatest tragedy that ever took place was the cross of Christ and the death of Christ. But God took that tragedy and he turned that tragedy into a triumph. And as we close today, I just want to remind us that God can turn a dark situation into a resurrection. He can turn a death into a resurrection. And as the people of God move out, we're sent out and we fulfill the mandate that God has given to us to be sent out, to receive his peace, to be motivated by his cross, to be sent out and to receive his spirit. I believe we are going to see God turn a tragedy into a triumph. If it's only in, the, in, in eternal ways that we can never truly understand, but that we will see people's lives awakened to the God who loves them. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, today we believe that you are present with us and you are sending us out. You are sending us out to do your work. And God, for, for many of us, we don't even know what that, that looks like right now or what that could be. But we pray today that we might come to a fresh understanding of what it is to be sent out in your spirit and with your power and your guidance with us. We pray in Jesus' name.